Welcome back to Leatherheads Footy. Footy is back and we had a cracking game to start round one. Richmond, Carlton played out in a draw to finish, which is a sensational finish and I think one that did justice to both teams' efforts. Fantastic start to the season. It really whet the fans' appetites for what should be a fantastic footy season to come. Um, just going to be giving my brief thoughts on the game. Don't really know what I'm talking about, but I think I'm pretty good at sounding like I do know what I'm talking about. Um, so this is the first time I've looked at the stats. I'm going to try something. I watch the games with no commentary and don't check any stats throughout the game. It's partially so that I can keep a bit of an unbiased perspective on the game, um, partially so that I'm not having fantasy scores ruin my enjoyment of the footy. So that's what I've done this time. Um, this is the first time I'll be looking at both team and player stats for the match. So looking at this, first thing I like to look at um, when I'm checking the stats after a game is inside 50s. Um, you look, you check the scores, but in this case, scores are exactly even. Um, 58 all, 8 goals, 10 all. So then I'll look down at inside 50s. You can see here that the Tigers actually had a fair amount of dominance in the inside 50s, and this was probably reflected in the way that the game was played. Carlton started off fairly strong, like they're, they're quite a strong contested ball winning team, but their ball movement isn't a strength of the team, whereas the Tigers, they're probably the opposite. The ball movement is the thing that they build their game around, Ball move, really fast ball movement and pressure. Um, so I thought when they were fresh, Carlton were a little bit more competitive, but to be honest, I thought Richmond were the better team and just looked more dangerous moving the footy for the, the vast majority of the game. I think in the end it came down to Richmond have a better team and Carlton have better players in their team. But uh, Richmond's system is superior, but Carlton have superior players. I think if the, if Carlton's squad were coached by Damien Hardwick and they played to a similar system, um, I was going to say they would win, but it also depends on the player style. Like Richmond do have sort of these more running types um Carlton pretty obviously don't and they address that in the off season in the um trade and free agency space bringing Blake Agus across who's more of an outside running type and then through the draft they brought in uh Lockie Cowan and Ollie Hollands who are both really strong outside runners like wing halfback rebounders and another guy uh, Jackson Bins who's again very similar wing halfback flanker um very very outside player so perhaps Carlton's game style suits them really contested win the footy inside and then when they win possession they slow it down they like to tip the ball around the back line um go slow and then get lots of numbers in front of the footy and then kick to a contest where they back their big guys in Mackay, Kerno, Silvani and whoever the Ruckman is in this case it was Tom DeConing I'll get to that later uh, they back those guys to win the contest in the air and then hopefully um, if they don't win the ball at ground level with their numbers and be just stronger in the contest than the opposition Richmond on the other hand and what they did in this game is they just moved the ball so well you could see they didn't hesitate when they won the footy back. They just attacked off half back, and they looked like they were going. Uh, yeah, they looked like scoring every time they did that. It looked very, very threatening with the ball. And um, as someone who tipped Carlton for this game, I got really concerned every time they got the footy. Whereas with the Blues, I didn't feel like they looked as damaging. Um, it was just, it was more the case of a couple of moments of brilliance that got them in front at the start of the game, and then kept it in it towards the end, like. 
um, Harry Mackay, his hands were unbelievable in this game. He he took like four or five really, really tough marks on the lead. Um, credit to Richmond's defense, though. He wasn't really taking marks inside 50. And then uh, in that third quarter, he took a couple of marks, had two shots on goal and unfortunately missed. That was a pretty pivotal moment in the game. And then Charlie Kerno, who I think Dylan Grimes did a fantastic job. He was close to best on ground. I've got him um, right up there in the Tigers best for this game. He did an awesome job shutting down Charlie Kerno, but just shows the class that Kerno is. He was still able to kick three goals and have an impact on the game, even though he was being really, really well covered by Grimes. I thought uh, Hewitt started the game really well. George Hewitt for Carlton. I can see him having a really big year just in and under winning everything, but then his spread was really impressive and he racked up heaps of disposals early in the game. Uh, Cripps was relatively quiet, um, had a few almost moments and just seemed to not quite be in the right spot, but had a huge last quarter. Uh, The first 10 minutes of that last quarter, he stayed on the ground the whole 10 minutes before coming off for a rest, and I counted almost 10 disposals and sort of willed them back into the contest where they went into that three-quarter time break, five points down. I thought Lockie, or Lewis Young for Carlton was huge. Um, might be underselling Jacob Wiedering a little bit because the defenders were really good and the defense for both teams were quite impressive with the caliber of um, tall forwards that were on offer and playing. Um, Jacob Wiedering, you kind of expect it from number one pick, um, close to being captain of the club, you think. I think he's vice captain of the club and he was playing on Tom Lynch. He did a really good job, but I think Lewis Young, a guy who's probably not not on as much money and doesn't get as much recognition. He had a huge game. I was really, really impressed with him and just makes me wonder why the Bulldogs keep leaving, uh, letting key defenders go because it's an area that they've had to address again in the free uh, trade and free agency period. But they let Marcus Adams go up to Brisbane and Lewis Young come over to Carlton when both look like they're really solid defenders. Uh, likewise, I thought Saad was really good. A couple of decisions late in the game um, were frustrating, but that's just what he plays, and you have to take the bad with the good. Um, I thought also thought Ed Kerno was impressive in his first game back in a long while. Just his gut running and determination, you can see why he got picked um, so many times when arguably doesn't have as much talent as other guys. And then... I talked about the Richmond rebound off halfback and looking so damaging. It seemed like it was always either Grimes or Vloston, who also had a good game, intercepting the footy coming in. And then they would find Daniel Rioli, who would just take off. And every time he did that, once again, as someone that tipped Carlton, I got very nervous. And Rioli always seemed to find Shea Bolton or Dusty Martin coming, like pushing right up from half forward. And then they would wheel, they'd be in space and they'd take on the man, have a couple of bounces or kick long. And Richmond looked really, really damaging when that was happening. So I thought both Rioli and Bolton were very, um, very good and very threatening for the whole game. Dusty had a couple of good moments, but yeah, maybe it looks like the game's starting to catch up with him, which is, yeah, no slight on him. He's had an incredible career and he could finish up now and be remembered as an all-time great. But yeah, a couple of um, stiff arms just didn't quite have the strength to push off that maybe you'd expect him to in round one of a footy season. But he did hit one kick to Tom Lynch when the Tigers really needed a goal, pushed up. They won the clearance. Clearance came forward. He marked it, wheeled maybe 60 metres out and just speared this ball perfectly over the head of Lewis Young, who was dropping back and just into the path of Tom Lynch. It was a yeah, very, very impressive kick. One of those kicks when you watch a game, you go, whoa. Yeah, sound I made a couple of times. This, this was a fantastic game. I, re- I really enjoyed watching it. And that's that's pretty much my summary. Uh, 
thought a couple of interesting things um, selection-wise going into the game. Carlton picking two debutants. Richmond didn't pick any debutants, so Carlton had Ollie Hollands playing on the wing. I thought he he showed that he's up to AFL level um, uh, athletically, but not phys- like uh, like athletically as a track and field athlete and cardiovascular fitness is there. He was they showed a couple of times and he was like first or second for meters uh, distance run in the game. There are a couple of sort of welcome to footy moments where he got crunched. He just took a second too long, tried to balk, and Nan Curvis crunched him in a tackle, ragdolled him because he's pretty lightly framed. And then later on, Tom Lynch got him in a huge tackle and crunched him, and Carlton Boys came in and remonstrated a little bit. So I thought that, yeah, like it's a massive learning experience for him. I think it shows how much the Carlton staff rate him that he wasn't subbed off. I thought Lockie Cowan also, I think he actually looked more comfortable than Hollands, but maybe he doesn't have the fitness yet because he was subbed off and Lockie O'Brien started as a sub. So Lockie O'Brien would be competing with Hollands for that second wing role. Blake Akers has got his wing role locked down after coming across from Frio, but Hollands and O'Brien competing for that last role. And I think it's a good sign for Hollands that um, Cowan was actually the one subbed off. Understandable first game player, first year player. Um, and O'Brien came into the game and showed a little bit of run late in that uh, last quarter. Uh, so I think that's good signs, but I think both, um, yeah, acquitted themselves really well. Cowan in particular looked up to the physicality and just looked calm. Didn't kick the ball very well. Uh, it's got to be said, but um, competed really well, had a few big tackles and you just looked up for the fight basically. As far as Richmond with their sub, just talking about it because it's it's new that you can use it tactically. Both teams activated their sub right on three-quarter time. Richmond brought on Jack Ross, who personally I think would be a great inside midfielder. I think very similar to Will Setterfield, just is constantly played out of position. Um, I think he would be a really good inside midfielder at another club or if he got an opportunity, but he's being played as a... Uh, winger for Richmond. He came into the game and Marlon Pickett was subbed off and did not look happy about it. They showed a few shots of him on the bench and understandably, yeah, didn't look didn't look stoked to be taken out of the game. I thought he was pretty good, actually. Um, but Camden McIntosh held his spot and Jack Ross came onto the wing. Interesting, both teams using their sub at the same time and essentially replacing the same position. Even though Holland's yeah, Hollands and Akers stayed on the field. Lockie O'Brien is a winger, and I think he went onto the wing, so I'm not sure if one of them maybe moved behind the ball or something like that, pushed to a flank. And with Jack Ross, it was a straight swap, winger on and winger off. Uh, the other interesting thing I thought was Carlton not selecting Pitney, even though he was fit and played in the preseason. They went with Tom DeConning to solo ruck against Nankervis, and... He looked a little bit out of his depth in the ruck. Um, did take one big mark in defence, but I think that's probably something they want to look at with such a competitive on-ball group. Um, I think, you, yeah, you really need your ruckman to be strong enough to compete as well. A couple of times, Nan Curvis was just able to throw DeConning out of the way. That being said, though, he is the future of the team, and particularly with uh, a little bit of talk now about him potentially moving to another club, getting massive contract offers maybe Carlton have seen the writing on the wall and thought, it, we need to play this guy, it's now or never. He wants to play permanent ruck, perhaps. I don't know what he wants to play, but he, he'll be hard-pressed 
fitting into the back line. And I don't think he's getting into that forward line. So it's probably the only position that he can really lock down and make his own. So we'll see his development. Maybe against a more sort of athletic ruck, he'll have a better chance. Nankervis is very competitive and very physical. So we'll have to see how he goes, maybe against a Tim English or someone like that, that sort of runs around the ground more and not as physical. Uh, I've gone through all my best. I thought Taranto in his first game for the Tigers was good and just worked hard all day. Um, he He's really good at just getting hands to the footy and getting a kick away. I think sometimes he probably just put uh, gets boot to ball when there's a better option with a handball, but um, he's good at what he does, and he was um, paying really close attention to Cripps for most of the game. His primary objective at stoppages seemed to be stopping Cripps, but then in open play, he was winning a fair bit of the footy and uh, linking up with Marks, which is what he's done at GWS and makes him a really good fantasy player. Cripps was well held, but as I mentioned before, had a massive last quarter. That's pretty much it for me. I think fantastic finish when Tom Lynch took that mark. I looked at the scores and I was like, oh no. I actually looked, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fortune teller, but um, just in case anyone was wondering, uh, looked at the scores when it was 52-58 and it reminded me of a ti- the Tigers-Hawthorne game where they drew right at the last moment. I think it was like Sean Burgoyne, maybe like toe poke on the goal line um, a couple of years ago. And that, that was a massive comeback too. This game was a lot closer, but I just looked at scores. I'm like, oh no, 52-58. Just, you know, you know, sometimes the game just like it smells like a draw. Um, super over, as they call it in the Big Bash. And yeah, just got that feeling. And you know, when Tom Lynch took that mark, I thought... Yeah, that's that's it. I was hoping that he missed because then I get my tip right in Carlton. But overall, great finish to the season. Um, I haven't even looked at the player stats yet, so oh, I don't know if I want to look. It might break my heart fantasy wise. No, no, okay, let's have let's have a sus. Alrighty, so we'll start off with the um, basics. We'll go advanced stats. So I, I find advanced stats, basic stats, are better for like fantasy and stuff or like, I don't know, bets, if you're just betting on disposals and stuff. I think advanced stats are actually better for seeing who had an impact on the game. Uh, so we'll start with clearances. Clearances, where's regular clearances? They should be here. Um, my stats, can we make an advanced? Oh, yeah, we can manage stats. Alrighty, so what do I think is important? Um... Yeah, disposals. We want to see kicks and handballs. Meters gain, not really. Ah, yeah, we'll chuck that in. Not super fast about it. Definitely contested possessions. Definitely intercepts. Uh, ground ball gets is helpful. Have a look at hitouts. Just total clearances. I'm not really fussed about center clearances versus stoppage. Just like looking at total clearances. Marks. Intercept marks. Contested marks, and then goals, score involvements, score launches, tackles, spoils. I don't know if this is too many to add, but that seems like a good amount. Alrighty, so starting off with middle, contested possessions, Cripper and Hewitt. No real surprises there. So Cripps had 25, Hewitt had 28. Hewitt was on 21 at half time, so he really slowed down after half time, but only 122 meters gained. So he was really just being the extractor in there. Cripper getting a, a, it moving a little bit more. And then you can see 
Prestia, Taranto, Cochin all right up there. Cochin played a little bit more midfield than I expected him to. And having a look at clearances, yeah, Hewitt, Cripps, Taranto, Prestia, kind of what you'd expect. Nankervis with five clearances is pretty big from a ruck. DeConning had three, so they just had the advantage there. And then look at intercepts. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah, I haven't looked at this yet. He did have a fantastic game. 20 disposals, 14 intercept possessions. That's huge. That, yeah. Well, just goes to show, oh, maybe I do know what I'm talking about. Had a big game. Um, really impressive. Three contested marks, 14 in intercept possessions. What's that? Spoils. No spoils, apparently. That's incredible. Whole game, 58 all, not a single spoil. Obviously, the those weren't recorded properly. Um, score involvements, Harry Mackay. He also had a big game. Four contested marks, along with Tom Lynch. Only the one goal. So if he kicked those two, would have been right up there in the reckoning for best on the ground. Ten marks, four contested marks. So he was really a presence in the air. Tom Lynch, he had a slow start to the game, but then recovered quite well towards the end. Obviously kicked the goal that sealed it. Ground ball gets... I don't know why some of these stats aren't showing up. Maybe if we go back to advanced. Uh, inside 50s. Norm oh, okay. So Dusty had a better game than I realised. Eight inside 50s. Two contested marks. Five score involvements. Interesting. Doc, 107. Fantasy points. I'm really just mumbling now. Eight tackles for Taranto, six for Cripper. 84. He had a big last quarter. Would love to see his last quarter. Okay, meters gained. We'll have a look at this. Yeah. Oh, how good am I? Look, these two talking about them rebounding off halfback. Very damaging. They're one and two for meters gained for the match. 27 disposals for Daniel Rioli. He was really good. Really good coming off that halfback line. And then Bolton. 18, 15 kicks. Uh, one goal, one. Yeah, he missed missed a pretty gettable one. Weedering also had pretty good game. Jump back to advanced. Contested mark. Rewalt, four contested marks. Yeah, he he did a couple of nice things. He just he's such a smart player. He always looks Dangerous when he goes near the footy. Intercept possessions. Look at all this from the Carlton back line. They're really, yeah, I suppose if you draw a game and the other teams had 20 more intercept uh, inside 50s, you're going to have big backline performances. And these guys are all very impressive. Then Baker. Yeah, Baker was surprisingly quiet. I was expecting him to... Oh, well, I still am expecting him to have a big season off half-back, but Rioli really did all the work back there. Grimes, I think, yeah, six intercepts probably doesn't tell the story of just how good he was shutting down. Um, what's his name? Kono. Fantasy points, who we have? Nankervis. I think it's probably going to be a pretty similar story for any rucks that come up against Carlson if they keep playing DeConning in there. Taranto, high scorer on the ground. Should have just put the VC on him. Not worried about 
fucking around Hewitt. I wouldn't have taken Hewitt anyway. He was the other one I was tossing up between Doherty. Probably wouldn't have taken that either, to be honest. So I'll come out of this game with a 107, a 99, and an 84. And how'd these rookies go? Ollie Holland's 44. Got him on the bench with emergency. Won't be taking that. And Cowan, 35. Um, just enough to get some cash generation going. So hopefully can get a little more of an opportunity later in the year when uh, the pressure cools down a little bit because this was a yeah, tough, very tough game, very, very high-pressure game. Alrighty, that's everything for now. I'm very excited about the season to come, so um, see you next time. Thanks for listening.